0: thank you and I praise you for the privilege that we have to be here this morning. I thank you, God, that your anointing has already destroyed every yoke of bondage in the name of Jesus. And we are more than conquerors through you, Jesus. So as I teach this morning, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here as teacher to guide us, direct us. Reveal things to us. And I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, Lord, and it's a privilege. It's a privilege to teach and share your word. You have complete control in this service. And I thank you, Lord, that every person, whether it be present here or that will hear these teachings... will be set free from the hindrances that defilement of an evil report can cause. And so I thank you, God, that as this word goes forth, it goes forth, and it falls on good ground, good soil, and it brings forth a mighty harvest, and people that have either are in the middle of this right now that are having evil reports spoken against them or they've been they've given them or if someone is defiled by one God my prayer this morning is that deliverance comes in Jesus name and everyone said amen as I um, was with the Lord a minute ago in the restroom He spoke to me and he shared some things about when we're growing up and children, things that are spoken to children, um, peer pressure mainly, especially when they get into junior high and high school. In my counseling, I've had many people's lives that were affected because of things that were said to them by their peers at school or by their friends at school, things that were said in teasing or things that were, were spoken. And it has stuck with them. And they need to be set free from it this morning. Whole lives were changed because of things and words That were spoken and so God today I just pray that if there be anyone here this morning that they be set free from this. In Jesus name, Amen. Symptoms of the disease or of disease. We've been teaching on the defilement of an evil report. Developing bitterness. Bitterness and or rebellion, even though the person involved did not directly offend us. Setting number two, that was number one. Two, setting ourselves up as the judge in matters, which are God's responsibility, and recruiting others to our side. Number three, searching out evil reports and using them to give worst possible impressions. Let's turn to Proverbs sixteen twenty seven. In the King James, an ungodly man diggeth up evil. And in his lips there is a burning fire. And then in 28 it says, a froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separates chief friends. That's pretty heavy when you look at that. In the Amplified, a worthless man devices and digs up mischief, and in his lips there is a scorching fire. 28, a perverse man sows strife and a whisperer separates close friends. Number four, believing that such actions are actually accomplishing God's will rather than realizing that we give non-Christians occasions to blaspheme God's name because of our, our lack of genuine love. In 1 Corinthians 6, 5 through 8. Nothing saddens me more when I hear people say that, oh, that person, they're, they say they're a Christian, they've got it on their truck or their car or whatever, and yet they stole from me or they did a poor job. If you're in business, do the best job you can. Amen. I heard somebody say something, and I know I've been guilty of this before. Say please or thank you, and don't be demanding when you're in a restaurant. You know, we shouldn't. If you're going to a restaurant, be willing to wait. Don't be in a hurry or rude. And I know I've been guilty of that. I've asked God to forgive me as we went through this. 1 Corinthians 6, 5 through 8. You are, we are a servant no matter where we are, whether we're being served or not. We're still the servant. And if you do find yourself that you are a little crabby, you don't say please and thank you, leave a large tip. Even if, if you weren't cranky, leave a large tip. If they know you're a Christian and you're coming in, leave a large tip. Well, that's something that Pastor and I have chosen to do, especially if you have a good waitress. Let her know, or him know, that, that they, they've really treated you well. Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, 5 through 8. I speak to your shame. It is so. There, it, there is not a wise man among you. No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother, brother goeth to law with brother and, there, and, that, there, and that before the unbeliever. Now you know why I like to read out of the Amplified. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud. And, you, and that your brethren. I'm going to read that in the King James Version. I say this to move you to shame. Can it be that there really is not one man among you? who in action is governed by piety and integrity and in wise and competent enough to decide the privilege, grievances, disputes, and quarrels between members of the brotherhood. But brother goes to law against brother and that before Gentile judges who are unbelievers without faith and trust in their gospel of Christ. Why the very fact of your having lawsuits one with another at all is a defect, a defeat and evidence of positive moral loss for you. Why not rather let yourself suffer wrong and be deprived of what is your due? Why not rather be cheated, defrauded, and robbed, but instead you yourselves who wrong and defraud, and that even your own brethren by so treating them? It's really sad when you see brethren take each other to court. It really is. I've seen it happen, and um, we, Pastor, and I have been put in places years ago. So you don't even need to know that. Where two people from this was years ago, person from our church, someone from another church in another town was suing them, and it, it was getting pretty heavy. And And um, the person came to us. So I said, do you want me to call the person's pastor? Because to me, get it settled out of court if you're a Christian, okay? And um, the person said yes. And so pastor and I called the pastor. And so we went with this person. And this man's pastor had that person there, and the whole situation was settled there. That's the way Jesus wants to do things. And everybody came out perfectly fine. Often we do not act on information when we should, when we should do so because the defilement or infection hinders God's grace in us. Let's turn to Hebrews 12, 15. Hebrews 12 is a heavy chapter. How many know that? It tells us how to live right. It tells us that if we're God's children, then don't be upset if he disciplines you. Let's go on up a little bit to verse. Verse 8. Now, if you are exempt from correction, and I'm in the Amphite, and left without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offsprings and not true sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short period of time and chastised us as seemed proper and good to them. But he disciplines us for our own certain good that we may become sharers in his own holiness. So God's desire for his children is to become holy. He says, be holy as I am holy. And so sometimes... He has to discipline us I'm not saying he allows sickness and things to come on us but he's very strong I don't know about you but God knows how to get my attention and and he has he has a very firm voice when he does and it's very strong and he he doesn't he usually ask us to say it once he doesn't have to say it more than once and um, he desires for us to become holy and sometimes he'll use those that are over you but I'm going to speak this as a pastor. When I see that someone's not accepting it or whatever, I just back off. Unless the Lord says, I'm I'm telling you, this is a life and death situation, and if you do not deal with it, then they're going to be lost. And I I personally don't like being put in that type of, of a position, but I have been and I have had to do that, and I will do it because of the love. I don't want to see someone lost. So it says here for the time being no discipline brings joy that's for sure but seems grievous and painful and afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness. You notice he says for those who have been trained by it. That's very interesting to me. Let's look at uh, the King James. Now no chastening For the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous, nevertheless afterwards it yieldeth the peaceful fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So he's saying here that it brings a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, a harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness. Conforming to God's will in purpose, thought, and action, resulting in right living and right standing with God. So He says, in conformity to God's will in purpose, thought, and action, resulting in right living and right standing with God. So then, brace up, and invigorate, and set right your slackened and weakened and drooping hands, and strengthen your feeble and feeble and pausing, tottering knees, and cut through and make firm and plain and smooth straight paths for your feet. Yes, make them safe and upright. Add happy paths that go in the right direction so that the lame and halting limbs may not be put out of joint, but rather be cured. Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one Will ever see the Lord. So he's telling us that we need to live a holy life. Well, when we get involved in evil reports and when we become defiled, and especially like it said, number, hang on, I gotta go back. Sorry. setting ourselves up as judge in matters which God's responsibility and and recruiting others on our side or developing bitterness or rebellion even though the person involved did not directly offend us. When we get offended because of someone else became offended, like I shared last week, many times you might get upset when someone tells you something and they're over it. They're over it, but you're hanging on to it. And like I shared last week, there was a situation that I didn't realize that I was still had offense towards someone over because of things that were done. But when God showed me that, I, I wanted to sit back there and cry. I think I might have, and I was, I was repenting. Often we do not act on information. I'm back on the, the page. Often we do not act on information when we should do so because the defilement or infection hinders God's grace in us. That's heavy. We don't act on information when we should do so because the defilement or infection hinders God's grace in us. Hebrews again, twelve fifteen, looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God. Lest a root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and therefore many be defiled. So this root of bitterness springs up and troubles you, and many are defiled. Now, Brother Hagen talked about this, about two families that he had in his church. And it was really interesting, and I think he has it in one of his books. probably does, I'm sure. About this one family that never... Seemed to, they, we'll kind of leave them out of it, but they were not the most faithful, whatever family in the world, yet this other family was. But this family that liked to hang on to bitterness, they always had things taking place in their lives. And someone went and asked him about it one time, and he said, Well, they've allowed themselves to fail from the grace of God because a root of bitterness springs up and troubles them and many be defiled. And so what would happen in this family when when he taught it in class, it was much, he would teach deeper into what he would say in his books or what he would teach on stage or when he was out speaking. And he shared how this family had a tendency to Gossip amongst each other and allowed bitterness to enter in there. And so they were constantly having problems. And yet this other family just were free to forgive, didn't carry things, didn't hold things. They just walked purely before God. And they seemingly should have been the ones that would have had problems, but they didn't. But because this one family... Hung on to bitterness, hung on to things, repeated things to one another, and judged amongst themselves, others, and each other. They were constantly having problems. So we need to realize that we can allow ourselves, like he says, looking diligently. Diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and therefore many be defiled. So we've got to keep bitterness out of our hearts, no matter what, because it will eat you alive. How to cleanse our mind from an evil report. You all there? Are y'all ready? I'm going to pray over this for a minute. My prayer is that God's going to reveal to each one of us if there there are any areas. And if He does, this is your paper. Take a pen or a pencil. If you have a pencil, better because you're going to erase it. But right next to it. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you any areas where there could be defilement in your mind from an evil report. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray over each person in this room. I ask you by your Spirit to reveal any areas in their lives. You know, God, so many times we don't. We don't realize the depth that things have gone and what they've caused. So my prayer is, Father God, that all of us, any of us that have any of these areas in our lives, that we become freed from it. This is the morning. My prayer is, Father, that we walk out of this sanctuary completely freed in Jesus' name. And that we truly, because we have this paperwork, we truly have an understanding how to keep ourselves free. Like your word says, when a person is set free, the enemy goes and tries to grab more and come and come back to that house and and come back seven times. And God, we do not want any bitterness or resentment in our lives. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. If there's anything other than what's on this page you desire me to share, I will. In Jesus' name, amen. Attempts to restore a Christian who has been overtaken in a fault will usually fail unless the defilement of listening Evil reports is first cleansed and then replaced with the spirit of Christ's love, humility, and forgiveness. Number one ask God to cleanse your mind from the defilement of an evil report. We've all had them set against us. If you're in any form of management, trust me, you've had them spoken against you. It doesn't take much to live in this world to not have this take place, trust me. Two, pray. For God to give you genuine love for each one involved in the evil report. Genuine love. Now it's interesting, this is one of the hardest things there is, especially when someone, remember when the disciple went to Jesus and said, well, How many times do we have to forgive? Seven? Seven sounds like a good number. No. Jesus said 75, 70 times seven. One offense. It's a lot. That's a lot of harassment from the devil, let me tell you. When you God gives you genuine love, and this is the way that the Lord showed me to do this years ago, because I'm going to be I'm going to be honest and frank here, blunt. <laughs> I didn't like my mother-in-law at all. I'm talking pastor's mom. He knows it. I I loved my first mother-in-law. She stayed out of your business. There was no problems, whatever. But pastor's mom was completely different, and. Um, it was kinda of hard because I really love my husband, but his his mom would just say things and do things and and I don't I I got to the place where um, God, thank you. I would take a shot of Philly. Like, I wouldn't take a drink before she came and take a Valium. I'm being honest, you could just, this is that, I don't want to say this, but God's asking me to, so I will, okay? And I know this doesn't, you know, I I had a hard time loving her, I was not a Christian, okay? So, well, this did roll over, not as much, once I became a Christian, and I'm like, my gosh, Lord, what is going on here? So what he showed me was to, to take a day, just take a day, set it aside and get before me and ask me to show you why she's like she is. And um, I did. And I remember one thing my mom said, because I had mentioned it to my mother, and we did not gossip in our house. We did not hold resentments, whatever. And she said, you know, you're wrong. And I said, okay. She said, you need to look at her as the person that carried... Your husband, who you love for nine months, took care of him, raised him, the whole thing, and that was fine. It went, to be honest, it went in one ear and out the other, until I got before God, and God started to reveal to me. He took me way back into her childhood and showed me the things that had taken place in her life, and it it took a day. And I, I just got before God and, and repented. And after that, I genuinely could love her. And so it, it takes time. It's not just this, God forgive me and move on. Because when you genuinely love someone, you're going to love them unconditionally, no matter what. And so after that, I was able to really appreciate her and love her. And understand what she'd gone through. And it was pretty heavy. And so pray for God to give you genuine love for each one involved in the evil report. And that was one thing that bothered me the most was that his mom would come and share things with me about the family and things in the family. And I just, I didn't want to hear that stuff because you know how when you hear things about someone... It gives it you. You look for that in them. You ever notice that? Don't look for that in me now. I, <laughs> but when you hear things about someone, you you look for that. Well, is that really true? What that person's told me. Well, that's not how God is, because we just learned in the class before that we've been redeemed and covered by the blood. And so. I didn't want to hear those things. That was one of the most upsetting things. But, you know, after God showed me all that, I was able to use the wisdom to turn the thing around every time, every time an evil report would come. I was able to use the wisdom to turn that thing around and, and get her to see the best in that person. Number three... You're all looking at me like, was it hard to do? It took a whole day on my face before God to get, to get rid of this, let me tell you, and to continually operate in love. But once, once he was able to show me all that, it didn't matter anymore. Once you're over it, it doesn't matter anymore. Cleanse your mind with appropriate scriptures. Ask yourself, have I accepted the evil report as true? That's number one. Psalms nineteen thirteen. Remember, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Parents, I'm going to tell you, your kids are going to come home and tell you all kinds of things. And you just got to make sure you pray and make sure what they're telling you is the truth. Amen. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be blameless and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgressions. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. How many know that? knew that presuming was a sin let them not have dominion over me then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer Has the evil report affected how I feel toward the person involved? The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Presumptionness is to take for granted and assume to be true in the absence of proof to the contrary. This is, if you, there's two things that Pastor hates. He hates people that assume things and lying. So presumptionist is to take for granted and assume to be true in the absence of proof to the contrary. Has the evil report affected how I feel? toward the person involved, and if you, God's giving you any people, I would suggest that you take this and go home and pray about it, or if he's giving them to you right now, because I've asked him to, write their names down so you can get it dealt with. Proverbs fifteen four. wholesome tongue is a tree of life but a perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit a gentle tongue with healing with its healing power is a tree of life but a willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit so we ourselves break down our own spirit by the words of our mouth. And there are actual carriers of evil reports. Stay away from them. If you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk to parents right now, it's easier. If you know that there are certain people that when your kids come home, they act different. Keep them away from that person. If there are people that you get around, and time after time and after time, you act different. You know, if your family tells you, Where have you been? and if you've been with a certain person, then you know that you're being defiled. Has the evil report affected how I feel towards the person involved? A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Romans 2.1, you do not want a breach in the spirit. And so many times, I hate to say this, but people that allow, that allow this or carriers of this, They don't don't even know it. I mean, it's hard to believe, but they don't know it. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whoso thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest does the same things. It's pretty heavy. Therefore, you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another. For in poisoning or, or posing as judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same thing that you censure and denounce. That's heavy. So the way that the Lord sees this is if you're judging someone, then you're being judged. There's another place that says if you judge someone, you'll be judged doubly. Ugh, that makes you want to just, we've all done it. 1 Peter 4, eight how to cleanse your mind from an evil report, okay? You might want to just say there, stop judging. Don't go out and, and um, sit and people watch. Because sooner or later with someone, sooner or later, you're going to be saying something that's not positive about that person. Look at that one over there. Well, look at that one. Am I as fat as that one? Um, Whatever. You know what I mean? Sooner or later, if you're out people watching, and some people like to do that as a hobby, don't get involved in that. Okay? I mean, people are interesting to watch, but you know what happens? You start looking at them and judging them. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save it. Okay? So who are we? Smile, everybody. Okay, first Peter four eight. Pray, but don't go out and people watch because you sooner or later will get yourself in trouble. If you're with someone or even yourself, you'll lose out on whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report. Think on these things. Amen. How do I know? Because I've been there. We've all done it. Thank you, Jesus. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. If you have love and charity, it will cover a multitude of sins. In other words, it will forgive and disregard the offenses of others. That's what the Amphite says. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives, and disregards the offenses of others. You know, be careful. You might be, um, it talks about angels unaware. You know, there was a period of time that many people were having someone show up in their car just show up and tell Jesus is coming soon and then take off. This was happening in different parts of the world not a few years ago. We don't know. I remember years ago, we had a man show up at our church and he did not look like anybody that would be able to um, have a lot of wisdom from God I'm going to say this right in the natural okay. but that man wrote he didn't stand up he wrote Pastor and I a letter and he didn't know us from Adam he wrote us a letter everything he said on that letter was true that the Lord had already shown us I think Paul you took him home and he told you something about Laurel, and, um, which, which was true. And then you brought him to the picnic. I don't know if you remember that. I think that was the one. You probably don't even remember it. Um, it was good things. But this man had lost his wife. He'd lost his job. His wife had died of cancer. And he, everything he had, he sold if I remember this correctly, to pay off all the medical bills so he was homeless. He didn't have anything, and he was, he was just traveling across the country. So what do you think the guy's going to look like? The guy was very loving and had a tender heart. So you never know who you're going to run into. Okay, I just threw that out there. Really neat, sweet guy, and I thank you for inviting him to the picnic. And he told Pastor his story. First Peter 4:8, did I read that one? Okay. Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover a multitude of sins. First Corinthians thirteen, five through six. The man didn't want any money. He you know, he was grateful for the food. He didn't want any money. He just he just wanted fellowship. And then moved on to the next place. But he truly was a messenger of God. I'm not kidding. Because of what he wrote down, he had no idea. He didn't know us from Adam. God did. God did. I believe he talked about your school, if I'm not mistaken. Some things. Okay. We all know about 1 Corinthians 13. Love thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity. Take that whole scripture and put your name where love should be sometime. I'll never forget that time when an evangelist had us do that. I'll I'll go ahead. 5 and 6. Love is not conceited, Eric, I'll put my name I am not conceited, I'm not arrogant, and inflated with pride. I am not rude, unmannerly, and I do not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights in its own way, for it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy, this is where you put your name in it. I'm not touchy, I'm not fretful, I'm not resentful. I take no account of evil done to me, and I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. I do not rejoice at injustice or injustice or unrighteousness, but I rejoice when right and truth prevail. Hallelujah. I bear up under anything and everything that comes. I am ever ready to believe the best of every person. And it, I and its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. I endure everything without weakening. Praise God. You know, if, if we would do this scripture every day and put our name in it for a month, you know what would happen? I remember there was a, a pastor that um, shared how he had a hard time loving people. And because of things that had happened to him. And he got a hold of Brother Hagen's tapes and listened to him, his tapes on love, and listened to him. He said, I think he still does. He, he, he had made a commitment to God, I will listen to a tape every day of my life. And he listened to him. And at first, you know, it started, the word started working, but then it really started working. And he said, God started having him writing checks out and mailing them to his enemies Or, you know, people that had offended him in the church and things. Just mailing them checks and telling them I love you and whatever. God just completely healed this guy from whatever. Um, Do I... How to cleanse your mind from an evil report. Do I have an urge to tell someone else the evil report? Ephesians 4.29. These are ways that you... Get rid of this. Amen? It saddens me when I get prayer requests all the time from pastors that are going through this very same thing and and they don't know what to do. I've sent this whole thing to them and say, here, teach it if you need to. Ephesians 4.29. Because once that bitterness gets in to people, like it says, it will defile many. It eat, bitterness will eat a person. Ephesians 4.29. Let no foul or polluting language, not, nor evil, or evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. Has the evil effect report affected you? How you feel towards that person? you'll know how you're talking about them. If you're, if you're affected, you'll know what comes out of your mouth. King James, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You notice the next verse says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of of redemption. That's powerful. It's so powerful. I'm going to tell you we've all been guilty of this, myself too. And we're going to all ask God to forgive us after. Proverbs eleven thirteen. We're in the last of the last days, church. Today would be great to be raptured. How about you? <laughs> I wouldn't miss any of this. Sit around the the marriage supper for seven years with Jesus. Can you imagine? Proverbs eleven thirteen can hardly wait. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that think that is of a faithful spirit of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. When a talebearer comes and reveals something to you, do you conceal it? I mean, I, I understand that there's times if someone's ready to kill themselves, you need to go and tell someone in authority, I've had to do that before or I understand there are things that you have to deal with and do, but this is everyday living. Next page. How to get delivered from this. Proverbs 17, 9. I hope this, is, this has helped you. <laughs> Every time I teach it, it helps me. Proverbs seventeen nine. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separat- separateth very friends. He that covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he that repeats or harps on a matter separates even close friends. Women, we have to be careful because we're called nags in the Bible. You know what nagging is? (laughs) All of you men can thank me later. Saying something more than once. Some men are nags too, you know. Okay, four. You know when you have cleansed your heart. When you lose your urge to tell someone else the evil report. When you grieve over the fact that a report was given. When you have genuine love towards the person involved in the report. when you are prompt to examine your own life for failures. You know, I found that in the years of counseling that usually when someone has bitterness towards someone it's the same fault that they have in themselves that they're seeing in that other person. Seriously, it's usually the same exact thing that they dislike about that other person that they are harboring in themselves. Five, act on what you've heard. Is God directing you? Is God directing you to contact the one who gave the evil report? I'm gonna tell you this takes intestinal fortitude. To ask the five questions which identify the evil report. And they're in here. I'll have to find them. We went over them. To emphasize the importance of speaking the truth in love. Now, this is something a lot of people don't like to do. John 17:20. If someone asks you if your, if your top looks ugly, tell them the truth. God, get, oh, man, that looks great on you, and it, it adds 50 pounds. <laughs> oh, you look so great in that color, and you look horrible. And I, I want to know, you know, your hair. If you ask someone, I mean, if someone asks you, do you like my hair? Tell them the truth. Huh. I had this nail polish that it was so ugly. I knew when the gal put it. This was recently. It was that, that gold junk. I remember Lisa told me when my hand shot up in front of her. She thought, went on it. I knew it when she got it on me, but the girl had a friend from out of town that was coming, so I thought I don't want to tell her to take it off. So I just left it on there. Pastor hated it. And he just was like, "Ah." Everybody asked. They said, "I don't like it." I am the worst nail painter in the world. So I just left it on until it was time to get it off. But if someone asks you, be honest. Okay, where are we now? This, speaking the truth, John 17. Do these make me look bigger? Oh no, they look great on you. Trust me, your husband will tell you the truth. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> At least Pastor will. He doesn't say anything of, unless if he says I don't like that, he means I do not like that. Neither pray. Wait a minute. John. Did I say John? 17, 20 through 26. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, and they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Wow, that's heavy. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, okay? Neither of these alone do I pray. It is for your sake only that I make this request, but also for those who will ever come to believe in, trust in, cling to, rely on me through their word and teaching, that they all may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me i have given them the glory and honor which you have given me and they may be one even as we are one i and them and you and me in order that they may become one and perfectly united that the world may know and definitely recognize that you love that you sent me And that you have loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have entrusted to me, as your gift to me, you ever realize that we were a gift? When I am where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me, your love gift to me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you and has failed to recognize you and has never acknowledged you, I have known you continually. And these men understand and know that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them and revealed your character and your very self and I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them felt in their hearts and that I myself may be in them that is so powerful that's what God has given us so graciously given us Philippians 2 1 through 4 so but so by whatever appeal to you there in our mutual dwelling in Christ and by whatever strengthening and counseling and encouraging our relationship in him affords by whatever persuasive incentive there is in love and whatever participation the holy spirit we share and by whatever depth of affection and compassion, sympathy, fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one purpose, having the same love, being in full accord and one harmonious mind and intention. Thank you, Jesus. Do nothing from factional motives through contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or unworthy ends are prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowliness of mind, let each one regard the others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourselves. Let each one of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interests, but also each for your interest of others. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Glory to God. That is so very powerful. Act on what you've heard. Is God directing you? Is God directing you to. Con- contact the one who gave the evil report. To ask the five questions which identify the evil report. To emphasize the importance of speaking the truth in love. To contact the person involved in the situation. To contact the person involved in the evil report in order to check out the facts and help to restore in the spirit of meekness. Matthew 18... 15 I don't want to do that that's why are you kidding there used to be a song we are one in the spirit this is during the, the Jesus movement in the 70's and they shall know us by our love If your brother wrongs you, go and show him his fault between you and him privately. If he listens to you, you have won back your brother. But if he does not listen, take along with you one or two others so that every word may be confirmed and upheld by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he pays no attention to them refusing to listen and obey, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen, even to the church, let him be to you as a pagan and a tax collector. Jesus didn't like tax collectors too much. (laughs) That's heavy. Are you willing to do that? If it meant restoring someone? If it meant protecting you? ouch Galatians 6 1 Jesus is telling you how to take care of things here if the body of Christ would take care of things the way Jesus Christ told them to we would be much further along than we are this day Galatians 6, one. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin or by any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsible to and controlled by the Spirit, should set him right and restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority and with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. You get the last part? Keeping an attentive eye on yourself lest you should be tempted also. To contact those who respond, to contact, are you willing to contact the person involved in the situation? Contact the person involved in the evil report in order to check out the facts and help to restore the spirit of meekness. To contact those who are spiritually responsible for the situation. Once informed, their responsibility rests with them. Sometimes you have to take it to the church or to the pastors. Then once you do that, the responsibility is out of your hands. Six. Casting the first stone. How'd you like to be stoned to death? Um, John 8, 1 through 11. Remember when Jesus said, remember the woman? I could never figure this one out. If you're committing adultery, there's got to be two of you. Right? Why was the woman brought? Where was the guy? Ladies, this is your opportunity to say amen. Has anybody else ever wondered that one? Where was he? And why is she going to be stoned? That's just heavy. One But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning at dawn. He came back into the temple court, and the people came to him in crowds. He sat down and was teaching them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. They made her stand in the middle of the court and put the case before him. Teacher, they said, this woman has been caught in this very act of adultery. Now Moses is in law, commanded us to that such women offenders should be stoned to death what do you say we should do with her they they said this to test him they just wanted to test him hoping they might find a charge on which they could accuse him but Jesus stooped down and and wrote on the ground with his finger however I've heard many sermons taught on what he wrote with his finger however When they persisted with their questions, he raised himself up and said, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he bent down and went on writing on the ground with one finger. They listened to him and then they began going out. And he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it. So he must have been writing and speaking, you think? And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, being the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus lifted himself up himself, and saw none but the woman. He said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. If you ever want to see, if you ever want to see the love of the Father, the love of Jesus, this is is it right here. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Some of you have been having the enemy harass you and and confuse you in your mind. He is the accuser of the brethren. Jesus told this woman, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. When the enemy is pulling up, there are several people here that are dealing with this, being harassed over things, whatever, whatever. When he gets on a roll, he gets on a roll. Like, shut up. He does. Once he gains a little, when, once he sees, I'm going to tell you how the enemy works so you know. Once he sees your body language or you confess it or whatever, then he knows, I got in there a little bit and I'm going to keep at it until they do something about it. What you need to do is stand on First John 1 9 and say, shut up. I am forgiven, and I'm not sinning again, so get out of my face now or in my mind now, in Jesus' name. Every person goes through the same thing. Galatians 6.1. No, we're done. We're done. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. Does anybody need prayer for healing first? You do first, okay. I realize that some of you are, are managers and you have to deal with these things at work. I realize that things have been spoken that have pierced you very deeply in your heart. Things that that people have said about you. Jesus wants to completely heal you of all those things today. Some are some some. Where, when you're still in the womb, things were spoken. Some through childhood, some as you got older. I don't know those things unless the Lord shows me, but Jesus knows them. So let's pray this prayer together. Out loud so everybody can be freed. Everybody in here has something. God wants you free from it, from being defiled by an evil report, by things that were said maybe years ago about you in a job or something that's that's happened now or things that were said in your childhood or things that other when you were in school kids said about you or whatever. That's a defilement and the Lord wants you set free from it. So just repeat after me if you mean this in your heart, Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus Christ paid the price for my healing. And I ask you, Lord, to remove any roots of bitterness that could be in me from, defi- from being defiled from an evil report. I also ask you, Lord, to remove all hurts, all oppression, and all harassment from my body and my soul. I thank you Lord Jesus that you are the healer and I thank you that you remove these things and I will replace them with your word. And time the enemy tries to bring back any word that was spoken against me I will rebuke it and I will command it to be still in your name. Now Lord Jesus if I have spoken evil reports concerning anyone I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness i do not want to be judged devil for anything i've said so this day i ask you to forgive me and i thank you that because of your blood in 1st john 1:9 You have forgiven me and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. I walk out of this building completely free from being defiled by an evil report or me giving one in Jesus name. Now, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have full reign in my life. And I thank you that you put a watch over my mouth, over my thoughts, and help me to remember the promises that you have given us today concerning our freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to... This is called disloyalty, the spirit of Absalom. I'm going to pass them out. I was going to wait and teach on it, but I think it's needed. So Terry, do you mind passing these out? I pray Pastor made enough. If if he didn't, I've got this. Pray for Pastor. He's having symptoms. He's had them for a week. And he's the healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm going to close the service. I believe this is going to be the best week you've ever had. Please read these. Pastor got up this morning and took time to print them, so please read them. Um, Is is there enough for every person? Okay. I'm pretty... They're going to really um, give you an understanding on, especially those of you that are managers or whatever at work. They're going to give you a real understanding of what's going on and how to deal with it. I still might teach on it sometime. I don't know. If I do, you'll, you'll be surprised. Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters this morning. I thank you, Father God, that your anointing is upon their week. That this week, as they go out, as we all go out and do the things that you have commissioned us to do, that we have your anointing upon us and we operate in your anointing. As we go out from this church this morning everything that we put our hand to shall prosper god i thank you that we're the head and not the tail we're blessed coming in and we're blessed going out i thank you that the blessings of abraham rest upon us i thank you father god that your word says Beloved, you wish above all things that we would prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. I thank you, Father God, that you want me to say it again, whatever we put our hand to this week shall prosper. I speak that and I proclaim that over this congregation this morning in the name of Jesus. Those roadblocks that the enemy has tried to put out there to hinder our weak, I rebuke them, I bind them, and I curse them in the name of Jesus, and I loosen angels.